Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 2, Keeping It Real. 15 minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And I'm April Lynn. (laughs) We are recording live at Conduit Science Fishing Convention with our lovely guest star, April Lynn Pike. April Lynn, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am an author. I live in Spanish Fork in a very empty house at the moment because my family moved down to Phoenix this morning. And in a little while, I'll live in Phoenix. You stayed just for us, right? I did. I stayed just for you. And maybe New York and San Francisco and Portland and Seattle. (laughs) But you guys mostly. Um, And my husband just graduated from law school, which is really nice because we go to parties and we say, hi, we're the Pikes. I'm an author and he's a lawyer, which means that one of us makes up fantastic tales for a living and the other one writes books. <laughs> um, I have three That's kids. Good. What's your, what's your bo- tell us about your book. A little yeah. bit about my book. My book is about Laurel, who is a 15-year-old girl who discovers she's a fairy, and it's nothing like the storybooks say. Okay, and it hit number one on the New York Times list. It did this week. And I, I may have screamed a little. Yeah, you may be lot. our first number one New York Times bestseller yes! on the podcast. I'm famous. All right, let's talk about keeping it real. Um, meaning. How do you ground your story in reality? How do you blend these, um, these familiar and the strange elements? I want, let's start with characters. We'll start with you, April Lynn. How do you make your characters feel real? You hang out with teenagers. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have teen characters, and I'm not a teenager anymore, but you know, I was, and it wasn't that long ago. And so I like to hang out with my brother's friends. I steal them. And um, I try to hang out with teenagers. Are you really telling the people who listen to to go hang out with juveniles? Go hang out with juveniles. (laughs) Offer them candy? Yes, offer them candy. (laughs) I remember remember John Scalzi saying that there might have been uh, legal action involved if he tried that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, the the safe way to do it is that my husband and I do teach um, the teenagers in Sunday school. Okay, okay. So, all right. So what about setting? How do you keep it real with your setting? With Google Maps. Okay. So. I love Google Maps. <laughs> I have never been to the little city that my um, 
book is set in, but I have seen it on Google Maps so many times, and I have done so much research into this city, and it has some really cool landmarks, and I have seen a lot of photos. Okay, okay. Now, uh, let me offer a, a different take on that. My uh, series is set in a very small town that does not exist. Okay. It feels very real because I've lived in a lot of very small towns and been to a lot of very small towns and kind of distilled their essence. You know, this is what tends to happen in small American towns. There's usually one major industry that most people work for. There's usually nothing really fun to do if you're in high school. You know, all these different things that you take, and then people can recognize that and go, oh, that feels like I know what that is. I recognize that, even though it's a completely imaginary place. And you're writing a lot of teens, too. So how are you yes. making your teens sound real? Well, I don't know if I am making them sound <laughs> real. Because uh, I, I got, uh, here, here's, I get to brag. For the U.S. version of my book, we got a really great cover quote from F. Paul Wilson. So yay for that. But in the process of giving us that quote, he said, I, I think maybe you ought to mention at some point that your main character is like a super genius because he totally does not talk like a teenager. So, well, thank you very much. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, I... I I think research for me, I mean, that, that's kind of, that's pretty much what April Lynn said, is hang out with teenagers, but research in this other ways. It's getting really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I wanted to write really convincing stalking scenes. And <laughs> Dan hangs out with teenage serial killers. <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> Where am I going to go to hang out with a 500 kilo pile of poo? <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> you are a conduit. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, you've got a lot of, you know, you're writing su Supernatural. What, what, what genre do you put this in? This is urban fantasy, yeah, supernatural urban romance. Fantasy. It's kind of a small town, yeah. so I feel weird saying urban fantasy. I just usually tell <laughs> people young fantasy? adult fantasy. Okay. All right. Um, how are you introducing the supernatural elements and, Keeping people grounded. How are you? How are you making the supernatural parts feel real rather than you know just out of nowhere? Either one of you. Um, I actually use a lot of science in my book. Okay. Um, one of the 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 thing with with my fairies is that they are plants and they are basically the equivalent of humans evolution wise in the in the plant kingdom as humans are in the animal kingdom. And so I had to do so much research. So on they're botany. vegetable fairies. Yes, really? yes, they are. <laughs> they I, are so wait a second. They I, are sentient plants. Uh, can I eat them? Because <laughs> I'll eat those vegetables. If you That's can awesome. catch them. <laughs> wow. They are fast. Okay. But because of that, I had to look at this girl and how she would survive in a human, um, in animal society, being a plant, what she could eat, what kind of clothes she would wear in order to still be able to photosynthesize through her skin, mm -hmm. etc. And so I have introduced a lot of science in my book. And that has made, um, I've gotten a lot of comments that that has really made it seem real, like it really could happen because it's grounded in science as well as the touch of magic. So what you're, what you're shooting for there is, uh, is plausibility. Exactly. Yeah. Howard, you're doing a lot of this too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's all kinds of hand wavium disguised as actual <laughs> science. <laughs> I, am very, I am very careful, for instance, the, uh, the power plants that drive schlock mercenary warships um, I call them anti-plants, which is short for annihilation, not for antimatter. Uh, and I do not talk about what goes on inside them because I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I know, you know, a little bit about the, you know, the economies of scale, 
and what sort of equipment we see these things in, and I know a little bit about what they output, but I do not talk about what happens inside that black box. And that's because if I, if I go into detail about things like stellar evolution or planetary ecology, you know, sciences that are readily available, then when I gesture broadly and say, and the antiplans provide unifield, you know, shield generation, blah, 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 uh, people will swallow the big lie because uh, I've given them lots of little tiny facts that... Uh, That's kind of like what Dan often says to do, is you, you, you make the small details really important and really concrete, and then you can get away with some of the, the mm -hmm. larger scale vagities. It's because yeah. people will strain at gnats and swallow at camels. <laughs> Give them very, very convincing gnats and... Do you swallow at camels or do you <laughs> swallow camels? <laughs> You, when I see a camel, I swallow. They're frightening animals. <laughs> oh, you don't swallow the camel? Good. No. Just the vegetables. Good for you. Okay. Dan, what are you um, doing? Uh, again, a, a nice grounding in reality is a great place to start. The supernatural monsters in my books, um, I wanted them to feel very real. So first of all, we started off with serial killer behaviors. I knew that's how they were eventually going to be tracked and found by the protagonist. So let's start there. They act like serial killers, even though there's a supernatural reason why. Uh, then... I took the bad guy and I said, well, he's an evil monster that steals you know, body parts and stuff. I'm going to give him a house and a family and a job and, and make him deal with that. And so there's reasons behind everything, and you can kind of look past some of the weird, you know, the hand wavium, and you can say, well, okay, I'm more interested in how this monster is trying to live in society than why he has to steal legs in order to do it. Okay, um, let's go ahead and break for a commercial. Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This week's Writing Excuses is brought to you by Stacy Whitman, a professional editor. She'll be teaching a seminar on world building in middle grade and young adult fantasy and science fiction at the Provo Library in Provo, Utah. For more information, go to her website at www.stacylwhitman.com. There's a link to my site on the left-hand sidebar of Writing Excuses. And we're back. Okay, um, we've covered character and setting. Let's talk plot. How do you make it feel real? Now, this is a difficult thing with plot because when we're writing essentially in the sort of, all of us writing thriller in a way, we're writing adventure stories. Um, and things get pretty ridiculous in adventure stories. Um, you have fairies that are that are plants, and you know you have <laughs> piles, <laughs> of, piles poo of poo that fly <laughs> around on plasma and, rockets. Yeah, people that jump <laughs> off because of mag- shooting off of magical coins and stuff like this. And the plot just kind of scales. And by the end, if you were to read just the last chapter of a story like this, it would seem ludicrous. Um, so how are you making the plot? feel real and keeping your your readers going along with all of these increasingly strange and ridiculous events. I think the key to making plot real is having your characters be real. Um, it's the one that leads to the other. Because, you know, like you said, in fantasy, the plot is going to be overblown and huge and absolutely unbelievable. But if you have these characters who react in believable human ways, then it, it, it becomes a ground. It, like, you know, when you have a tent and you stake it down, you have your tent of fantasy staked down by your real character. Okay, and how do you do that specifically, other than hanging out with teenagers <laughs> in vans outside behind the school? Um, <laughs> First one's free, kid. <laughs> um, in our in our writing group, there's a great author named uh, Eric James Stone, and he's we've been going through a book of his, and uh, we we ran into a great situation with this later. In one of his books, he had uh, this guy who was visited by this ghost, in, in this kid had this ghost show up in his room at night. And the very first thing he did was like, stranger danger, and he screamed for his dad, and he ran an incredibly plausible reaction. I've never seen you know, a kid like that react that believably. That's how I think a real smart kid would react if a ghost showed up in his room and he didn't know immediately that it was a ghost. He'd say, why is there this weird LARPer guy in my room at the foot of my bed? And he would scream that it was a sexual pervert and try to get his dad. So, you know, things like that, that you try to get those reactions as real as you can. Okay. Howard is laughing. Why are you laughing at us, Howard? Because the juxtaposition of uh, sexual pervert and LARP. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Just, I went there. Dan went there first. Uh, You know, realism in plot, as as April said, it, it all comes down to character reactions. Characters having believable motivations, because if your characters have to be driving your plot, you can't say, I want to have a, you know, a galactic mega epic in which uh, you know, the, the good guys triumph over the bad guys and so on and so forth, and have that feel real if the characters are not motivated to do that for you. The characters have to be doing that. The characters have to be deciding, you know, I'm being oppressed and I don't want to pay Lord Vader's taxes anymore and I'm angry that he blew up my planet. <laughs> and, but, th- I mean, their reactions have to be real. 
and that will drive the plot. And if the characters aren't driving the plot, you as the writer are driving the plot, and that's boring. I have bad news. That's dull. I had an instructor in college who said, don't mistake plot for stuff happens. Mm. And you can have all sorts of stuff happen, but if you don't care about the character and you don't know any of the history and everybody is acting like a moron, you don't care. You can have 12 things blowing up and still be yawning. Okay. That's how Quantum of Solace was for me. That's how, <laughs> that's how Terminator Salvation is, apparently. So. Um, I want to talk about research again, because research can be very useful for plot in addition to character and setting. Um, as you research, as you try to learn about these things, they will suggest plot hooks that feel very real that you hadn't seen coming. You know, if you decide that you want to have plant-based fairies and you start to research what the ramifications of that would be, that will suggest ideas to you. In the book I'm writing right now, I knew I wanted to have a schizophrenic character, so I was studying a lot of schizophrenia. I studied the treatment. I studied the medication. And the medication and the side effects thereof suggested a lot of ways that I could tweak the outline I had to fit much more into this real-world application of of the medication. And so that in itself made the plot, which is very crazy and weird, a lot more real because of the now research I Now I know did. why Dan was going through my bathroom cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll add something else of my own on this. Um, I would say baby steps are important. Um, it comes back to the, the author as illusionist. Um, again, which is one of my favorite metaphors. Smoke um, and mirrors. You'll notice that a lot of times the illusionist will step up, step by step, small tricks to larger tricks. Same thing with hypnotists, Sm getting people to do small things and stepping up to the larger, more grand scale sorts of things. And um, when we are building a plot, it's nice when things start rolling in, and you, you want to have an exciting hook. You want to have an exciting interest, uh, opening, but you want the believability to be stretched a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more rather than trying to get them to swallow the whole thing at once. This is particularly true, I would say, for the, um, for the urban genre or I guess the rural um, <laughs> uh, genre. The, um, the, if you're taking this world and stepping it into the next world, um, little baby steps, piling them on top of each other and making sure that your foundation of characters is strong. Okay, um, so we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, any other tricks? Any other tools that you would give if I let's say April Lynn, I just come to you as a as an aspiring writer and just say, I want my stories to feel real. Um, can you give me any other advice? Any other little tips you've got for us? Um, specifically for dialogue, um, mm -hmm. which is something that that I'm good at pacing, not so much. Um, I read my books out loud to myself. Okay. And if you read them out loud and the dialogue sounds a little off, it probably is. But if you can just read along and nothing trips, your tongue doesn't trip over anything, and it sounds like you're having a conversation, it probably is, is working. You know what I've found? If I give it to someone else to read, and I listen to them reading it. Oh, listen to them reading it out loud? Listening to them to read it out loud. Excellent. And uh, because sometimes I'll just fill it in as it should be. Yeah. But if they're reading it and they stumble over it and can't make it, then I say, oh, wow, wait a minute. Um, that's not really very good, Brandon. Um, all right, anything else? Everyone go buy wings. It's, um, it's, it's got vegetable fairies in it. It has vegetable um, fairies. And what did Stephanie Meyer say about it? Did you? She said it's a remarkable debut. Okay. Thank you very much, April Lynn, and thank you, Conduit audience. This has been Writing Excuses. You have no more excuses. Now go write. And now, gambling terms. Snake eyes. Rolling ones with a pair of dice. Double down. Doubling the original bet for one more card. Bad beat. When your strong hand gets beat. 
Illegal gambling can put you at risk. Protect our communities. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.